We'll be live! Hello! Hello! Hi! <laughs> How are you? Good, good, good. We're just going to pretend like we weren't chatting for half an hour. Love it. No, no, I'm asking how are you for other people. I'm asking oh, other people's questions. Yes, 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 yes. I'm excited to do the show today. I think it's going to be very good. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah, guys, we're going to be doing the news. We have 10 news items about atheism and religion, um, mostly about religion from all over the world. This is the most global news stream about religion in the world, right? And <laughs> our audience is global and our news is global. And we already got a super chat today. Wow, we're getting super chats early today. Thank you so much, Amazing. Mustafa. Yeah, look at this. So, Mustafa just gave us a $5 super chat saying, should get a proper show intro. It should feature the song Rapture, but, well, we can't show, we can't play songs. Rapture by Together, what Pangea. is it? Pangi? Pangea? Fits, yeah, fits perfect with the theme of the show. Yes, unfortunately, that will nuke our channel because it's copyrighted. But yeah, but we thank you for that. Me. I have been thinking about that. Yeah, but I also like the look at the emoticons, guys. This is the lion, the circle, and the horse. That's just the logo. That's the Atheist logo for people who are new here. I like the emoticons next to each other. Cute. Oh, look, from Germany. Guys, let us know where you're watching from so people believe us when we tell them that this is a very, very international show. Right, Gossam is here. Hi, Gossam. Uh, yep, this is actually more than international. Actually, it's inter-worlds. Oh, you don't like that? Okay, you do. You. Prometheus. Every time. I thought this was a it's new joke. This is, you, you didn't even let me finish the joke. It was. It was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Prometheus from Elysium. Thank you all. Um, we have we have uh, divinity here at our show as well, not just people. Uh, Gossam. Please talk first about news from Iran. Uh, we are we are talking about news from Iran today. That we, actually, Susanna, what is our news today? What countries we're covering? I know the first one is from Iran. We're covering uh, Iran, the United Kingdom. A couple stories from the U.S., stories from India. Um, very broad, a very detailed report from uh, the Middle East region altogether. Turkey, that one is scandalous. That Turkey one is scandalous. Uh, and Saudi Arabia. Oh, and then we have, guys, make sure to stay tuned to the end of the show because we have some juicy news from Pakistan. All I will say is that the Pakistani government is mad at us again. And you'll have to wait till the end of the show to figure out why. Because <laughs> it's hilarious. Wow. We, we, we pissed off another government. Guys, we... Uh, <laughs> This is what we do at Atheist Republic. We piss off governments. We pissed off Malaysia. We pissed off India. We pissed off Iran. Uh, we pissed off, yeah, now and Pakistan. Pakistan, now again. Now again. Uh, yeah, we have a record with Pakistan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, okay, the news today is mostly funny, tragic. It starts tragic. Um, yeah. yeah, the first news is very, very. Uh, consequential and we'll be covering that in depth because it's very very important um the rest of the stories aren't uh too sad most of them are just pretty like outrageous um as in like holy cow that's wild um maybe one or two oh, that's a little bit whoa I mean, anyways <laughs> all right okay so let's get started um okay the, the first one is not uh because <laughs> i'm saying another government checked 
Yes. <laughs> um, so we're not clapping for the first one, but I'm assuming that the less the as we go, we can clap more. So first news. Yes. Oh, wait, no, no clapping. First news. Okay. Mysterious serial poisonings of schoolgirls haunts Iran. Hundreds of schoolgirls in Iran have been hospitalized since November 2022 after seemingly being poisoned. The victims, mostly girls, experienced symptoms of nausea, headaches, difficulty breathing, coughing, and heart palpitations. Some reports suggest that radical Shia fundamentalists are responsible for the chain poisoning of girls' schools, claiming that women should not receive an education. Iran's deputy health minister, uh, Yonis Panahi, confirmed that the girls were deliberately poisoned, contradicting earlier statements by the education minister, Yusuf Nouri, who had called the incidents rumors. No one has been arrested for the poisonings, and President Ibrahim Raisi is blaming foreign enemies. The victim's parents have protested against the government's lack of action. No one has been arrested for the poisoning incidents. Nevertheless, the victim's parents protested against the government's lack of action. So um, this is very important. So starting back in November of last year, there was like one or two incidents where these girls' schools were seemingly getting poisoned because all these students were coming over with like mass nausea and getting really sick. And this was in November, like the height of the initial kickoff of the Masa Amini uprising, right? And the girls' schools are a are and were a major source of protest against the regime. And so, you know, I was following everything happening in Iran very closely, and I had some awareness that this was happening early on. And then it seems to, like, have kicked up greatly. So I still need to confirm this, but I saw one report that said that on March 1st, 26 schools alone experienced quote-unquote, poisoning in one day. So there are some reports that somewhere between 300 to like 900 students have experienced these very strange, mysterious symptoms. People report smelling um, something that's it's like pungent, like rotten fruit, but even worse, um, some people report smelling things like sulfur, other gas and reporting being unable to breathe. Now, I have seen some things on social media that, um, like, maybe one or two children has died. However, I have not been able to confirm that. And most of the reports that I have read in English media have not corroborated that. Um, and I have read some reports that say that for most of the girls, they recover within about a day. Um, but I mean, there's so much we can get into about the reaction and the fallout from this. But before we dive into that, Armin, tell me what you know. Tell me your reaction. And I think there's probably a lot more information available to you in Persian news media than there is in English. Well, I mean, people are going uh, crazy. This is going viral everywhere. And this has become now the main headline news and is capturing everyone's imagination and there's so many different theories going on but again we have the prevailing one the one that is um most people are talking about is that this is either the regime itself 
um, or it's radicals who have sympathizers within the regime. And the reason why they say that this cannot be happening um, either by the regime itself or with the help of sympathizers within the regime, even though if it's not the entirety of the regime, is because nobody's being investigated, nobody's being arrested. And also even the newspaper, even some government officials are suggesting that this is too sophisticated of an attack. Um, some government officials are claiming that this is not even happening. This is just mass hysteria. But then we have gas, we have government officials confirming, some other government officials confirming that this is happening, this is actually poison gas, this is a deliberate attack. So the government's own narrative is like all over the place. We have, we have from their own government, we have um, theories such as there is no gas attack, this is mass hysteria. We have, there is a gas attack and it's foreigners. You know, like Grace just said, there is a gas attack, and it's the peop- it's the anti-regime people within the country. Okay, and there is a gas attack. There is a poisonous gas attack, and it's some radical Islamic groups, and we will find them and arrest them. And there is a gas attack, and it's coming from inside the house from the regime. It's the regime claiming some people. For, you know, it's like like. Okay, so the regime itself has like a spectrum of claims, an official spectrum of claims that is happening. So they are, and we have like mullahs and religious people and government officials are like, hey, government sympathizers who are like, guys, this is why people don't trust you. Like actual people, people that you have like, why are you like, at least get your stories even if you want to lie at least come up with one lie why are you coming with why are you you coming up with eight contradictory lies like what the Mm -hmm. hell is happening okay but whatever is happening it's insane right i mean i don't know i don't know what what explains this but they're taking uh, school girls and now at least one Boys, um, boys' school as well, but it's mostly schoolgirls that are being taken to hospitals from many different cities in Iran, you know, and in many different schools. It's like it's insane. It's insane. I, I really want to see what the evidence takes us, but the uh, the prevailing narrative right now is that this is revenge. Mm-hmm. This is revenge because the revolution, the, the Mahsa Amini revolution that is happening in Iran was led by schoolgirls. Okay? This was a schoolgirl led revolution, right? So now that the protests are dying down a little bit, I think some people, either the government, what they're saying is, the government or government sympathizers or radical people are like, it's payback time. And they're taking out, they are going after the main symbol of this revolution, which is schoolgirls. So this is right now the most accepted narrative. Okay, we will continue to monitor and update you if other, uh, and see where the evidence takes us. But this is right now what most people are saying is happening, right? Yeah. But it's insane. I don't. It's whatever. It's not. It's it's not what happens in a normal country. Okay, and the parents are um, losing their mind justifiably, and they are scared. 
about what's going to happen to their children. Like every parent like is now on edge, especially if their kids are girls. And they are going out there after, after the government and they're getting attacked. We have videos that we can show of people attacking the parents of children who were concerned about their kids. We have stories of schoolgirls trying to get out of the school because they say like our school was just gas attacked and, the, and they're not keeping them in. They're not letting them out. They're like what? And also people are saying, it, they don't um, let the test results to come out. Like, so, uh, you know, the girls go and they get, some of them get into the hospital, but they're like uh, trying to censor the information, try to not get the, any of the blood tests or anything to get out. So it's insane. But anyway, there was a lot of claims about this as being uh, nothing burger by a whole bunch of pro-government, um, you know, news agencies. But now we have actual government newspapers saying that, the, that the gas being used, they're now actually talking about, because we were like, okay, what gas is this, right? Some, somebody in the live chat also asked that, right? Do, you, do we know what gas it is? And we are like, yeah, we, can we tell us what gas it is? But apparently, at first, we were hearing different news, like this school, it smelled like, I don't know, rotten eggs, and another school, it smelled like, I don't know, rotten fish. So people are experts are saying, okay, rotten eggs means this, rotten fish means this, like so different gas. And now the the paper of the government, an official paper by the government, says it's this gas is too advanced to be used by just random uh, lone wolf, lone wolf like individuals because the gas is a mixed gas, like it's not one gas. It's like a mix of multiple kind of gas, which is not something and that an individual would have access to. So it seems like an advanced attack on schoolgirls. So some people are saying, given that this is so advanced, then it, it must be something to do with the government. And they're saying, like, if this was, like, a non-hijabi person protesting, the government would have been figuring this out like like this. Like, you see, like, yes. you know, so they're saying the government is very efficient at getting, getting people who are just protesting. But now we have gas attacks on schools all over the country. Why is the government not have a single person arrested? So like either you for guys months, are just incompetent. Yeah, for months. Yeah, for months. Either you guys are just so incompetent or you are the ones who are doing this. Like which one is it? So that's uh, that's that's the stories yeah. that are being told. Yeah. Yeah, D is saying there are too many locations. I think it has to be a group versus a lone wolf. There's no way that this can be done in isolation. Yeah, well, we don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I just want to be very... I just, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. You're right. I just want to be very, very careful about this, okay? Because, I, you know, this is just so crazy. I just want to tell you what the main prevailing narratives are. Yeah. I just want to be very responsible about how we talk about this, okay? This is the main prevailing narrative. We will continue updating you as more evidence comes out. True. Right. What did you think about the most prominent Sunni cleric in Iran, Sheikh uh, Abdulhamid, coming out and explicitly blaming the Islamic Republic government itself? Because he had some strong words. I don't think we should show his whole speech, but I watched it and I was like, damn. Well, I mean, Susie, he has very strong words every Friday. True, that is true. <laughs> so I don't know if this is something new. No, but this particularly yeah. caught my attention. He has been he's been keeping it spicy on Fridays, let's just say it that way. 
Yeah, he seems to be untouchable. He seems to be so powerful. Because this is, if this was any other guy, he, he would have been like, eh, by now. We got another super chat by Secular Sakai. Oh, Secular Sakai, $2 super chat. Thank you. And Secular Sakai is saying the Islamic Republic is absolutely vile. That is that is one thing we can say for certain, yeah. But, like, I mean, think about this. Schoolgirls! Like, what is... Like, like, I think they're not asking... It's not the whole, are we the baddies? I'm like, yeah, we're the baddies and we are proud of it. It's like, it's like schoolgirls, guys. Schoolgirls. They're gassing schoolgirls, apparently. So, yeah, this is not a normal country. This is not what happens in normal ass countries. Don't experience this. This from Gossam Chat is killing me. <laughs> Juicy weekends with Abdul Hamid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I, I will be very interested to see if there's any actual investigation that is done into this because so far the government's response has been completely lacking. Um, and a lot of people, well, Armin, what do you think about people coming out and already explicitly, explicitly ban, excuse me, blaming the regime itself? They're saying this law republic did this. Okay, I would say that whatever the explanation is, the Islamic Republic is always to blame, okay? But before I say that, I want to appreciate Andrew Young for saying, Hey guys, your work is so important. I'm broke, but here's some emotional support. Well, we appreciate the emotional support and we need the emotional support, okay? It's okay, like guys, you don't need to support us financially. If you just like and leave comments, that is plenty of support and also if it's added with some emotional support it warms our hearts so it's it's, it's very good like you don't need to give us yeah that's fantastic that's all the support i mean that's not all the support we need but it helps um to be honest um okay so so here's the thing the narrative the main narratives are either the government is doing this itself including coming from Khamenei himself because this guy has been yeah the people are saying that I mean, the guy has a history of being vengeful, okay? Like, he goes after people and symbols that have crossed him. So they're like, it wouldn't be out of character for Khamenei to do something like this because he's... Yeah. So either that or, or, or rogue actors from within the government, okay? Right? So rogue government, rogue actors within the government, which will, again, makes it still part of the government, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or... Or people who are sympathetic to the government, which still makes it based on an Islamic anti-woman, anti-woman's education attitude that has been perpetuated from Khomeini from the start of the revolution at, um, to begin with, right? So any one of these scenarios you go with, it's, you know, it's happening because of the Islamic Republic. So I feel completely safe to say that, yeah, go ahead and blame the Islamic Republic because they, they are, whatever, whichever these are, it's, it's there to be blamed. So but, basically you're um, saying it's either intentional or criminal negligence? No, so either no, no, way, no, it's intentional. No, it's intentional. No, okay, wait, wait. No, it's who is doing it. That's the question, right? Is hmm. it coming straight from... Khamenei, okay, or rogue elements within the government, or people outside of the government who have sympathizers within the government, okay, or whatever other theory is happening, it's all, at the end of the day, 
coming is happening. It's happening because it's Iran under the Islamic Republic. That's what we know. That's what we know. Oh, wow. We got another $10 super chat. Thank you, Sakai. Oh, wow. You're being so, yeah, gen- so generous. Thank you. Yeah. Saying, I've been sending armor and drones to Ukrainians and Taiwanese. Who can I send that to so that we can start bringing the fascist fanatics down? <laughs> Patience is a virtue, but this is very difficult to watch. True. I have no answer. The problem is, I mean, is that is that a question for Iran? Like, what? who do we do that with in Iran? Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is that Iran is under sanctions, so there is no, um, I don't know, legal ways of making that happen. Right now, what's happening is people are buying. Okay, the best thing we could do for Iran is um, is satellite internet, right? So Starlink. Starlink is what Iran, I think, in my opinion, needs the most. And people, Iranians right now are buying the devices and the membership Iranians outside of Iran are buying it for their friends and family inside Iran and they're trying and they're getting it illegally crossed through the border and get into Iran. So we know that there are active satellite internet active. And what I wanted what I would suggest that Operan does at some point is to get on a campaign in uh, raising funding for, um and then the process at which we get more Iranians um, satellite internet. That's, yeah. I think, the most beneficial thing to do. By the way, for you guys who don't know, Operan is something that Susanna and the rest of some, many other people, are, a couple other people are managing regarding how to help Iranians be successful with fighting for the rights in Iran. And we will talk about that more in the future. But it's an important project that is going forward and yeah i think that would be an important thing that opera could focus on i could i think it would be the most amount of help but yeah yeah yeah. so yeah we will let you know uh once we have more updates on that but thank you so much for caring secular sakai um yeah so can you check which microphone you have if you have the correct microphone yeah i it's the correct one oh okay okay cool no problem well people are very um, justifiably very angry right now in the in the in the live chat. Look at this yeah. part; like they're not having it. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Okay, yeah. yeah. I um, uh, yeah. A lot of my Iranian friends are very, very distressed about the situation going on with the schoolgirls. So I really hope that I don't know. It's so stupid to ask, like, oh, I hope that there's some justice or resolve from this, because I know that there reasonably won't be. So what do you even say? It's so screwed up. Well, a lot of people are asking the Iranian people, like a lot of Iranian people inside Iran are asking other Iranian people inside Iran, what else do you need to get out, right? So the people who haven't yet participated in the revolution, like, they, they, they're coming out, they, they, mm. they took, it took all your freedom. Now the economy is collapsing, right? You know, and now they're coming after your children. So the peop- they're telling the people who haven't started start participating in the protest, like, what else do they need to do? What else do you have to lose? Like, your children are not even safe. Like, how, I mean, I'm not saying that there are other Iranians who are saying that to the other, you know. They're like, they're saying that as a parent, aren't you now, like now that they're coming, if it's not for yourself, wouldn't you want to come and attack this regime at least for the future of your children, given that you're, they're gassing your children? So that's what they're saying. Right? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Secular Sakai is asking a question about Opiren, saying, was Opiren um, issue where the amount of display uh, cleared on the first every month get fixed? That's a donor box thing. They have to put their own engineers on it. That's not something I can fix. So if they fix okay. it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Talk to their engineers. <laughs> All right. So I hope uh, we could clap for this next news. Is that this is outrageous. Is? This is freaking crazy. Okay. Well. All right. Is it in a good way or in a bad way? Um. Oh no, we can't. We can't clap for this. Or, or can we? No, let's not clap. Because we're going to be talking about some BS. We're going to be calling out the BS. Okay, okay. So I'm going to clap because we call out BS. Itself. Yes, okay. All right, so let's just like clap because we're calling out BS. Next yes. news. Next news. Autistic teen suspended and threatened with death after dropping the Quran. An autistic student in England was suspended from school and received death threats for allegedly desecrating a Quran. The incident began when the student lost a wager with friends and was told to purchase a Quran, which he bought and then brought to school and gave to another student who recited a passage while on their playground. It was also revealed that an unrelated boy knocked the Quran out of the student's hands, causing it to fall on the floor and get slightly smudged with dirt. Afterward, the autistic student picked up the Quran and placed it in his bag. Rumors quickly spread that the Quran was thrown, spat on, and burned, but an independent Muslim counselor refuted these claims. Four students were suspended, and a meeting was held to discuss the incident and soothe the Muslim community. The student's mother apologized on his behalf and realized, revealed that he had been receiving numerous death threats. Humanists UK condemned the decision to suspend the students involved in the incident, saying it was quote-unquote horrendous for the school to be pressured into excessive disciplinary action by a religious group. So there's like so much to unpack here. This is wild. Armin, in the um, news article, there is a uh, small video that's hosted on Twitter that I would like us to show. It's a portion of the... Um, uh, meeting that was held at school. It's a little bit further down. There we go. It's all that I hear in our community, we face an issue of safeguarding a child who is autistic. He has received a number of death threats and threats to beat him up, etc. And again, as Hafez Mateen said, passions do flare and sometimes we let them out in the wrong manner. Now, Mother has had to inform the police and say, look, my son's had X, Y, and Z threats. However, to her credit, she understands the situation and has advised the police that she does not want any of these children to be prosecuted, and she only asks that her son is not harmed. This is wild. So this got to the point, Armin, that the local police were called to investigate a hate incident. What the hell, man? Because this boy dropped and slightly smudged a Quran. I can show you a picture of the the quote-unquote damaged Quran. Like, the, when the pages are all stacked together, you know, you see that it has a little bit of scuffing on it. And there's like a tiniest tear on one corner of the cover. And the police were going to get involved with these children. And 
there was this commentator that I've been reading in England, and he was talking about, like, they, when he was growing up going to Catholic school, they would, like, graffiti and plagiarize their own Bibles in the middle of Catholic school. Like, nothing would happen to them. Like, there would hardly be any disciplinary, if any. But the police are getting involved with these children. And I want to read something that was reported in the Jerusalem Post because they freaking roasted this whole situation. Um, and so they, this is, you know, there was this kind of all hands on deck meeting that was held at a local mosque to dissect this incident, right? And this is their reporting on what was talked about in that meeting. Um, how were the proportions of blame distributed? While the imam acknowledged that it is wrong to respond to direct uh, disrespect of the Quran with threats of physical violence, he nevertheless focused much of his attention elsewhere. He spoke of how Muslims shouldn't engage in such threats because of how the non-Muslim public will respond to them. How it is wrong to disrespect the Quran and how the feelings of offended Muslims are valid and how important it is that non-Muslims understand that Muslims will never tolerate disrespect of the Quran. Quote, somehow the Muslims turn, turn into perpetuators due to the way in which we react, Imam Anwar said. Quote, the feelings that we feel are not wrong. It's just the way in which we express them, which is taken negatively. And the whole table is turned and the focus from the disrespect element is shifted to the Muslims reacting negatively. That's his reaction to a child being threatened with death for dropping his book, his own property. This child's own property. What is has what has been the reaction to this? Have people been outraged, or has this been like this has been blowing up in England? People are like, "Do we have blasphemy laws here? What the hell is going on? This is insane!" Like both the fact that this child is experiencing this period versus the emphasis is still on the disrespect to the Quran. And what was so interesting is what they talked about um, is. Um, that the only way, see, here's another quote from this article. Furthermore, seemingly in order to placate the offended community, both the imam and the counselor frequently highlighted the boy's autism diagnosis. And they give all these quotes about how they were just fixated on the fact that this boy is autistic. And then they continue in their reporting. However, no one present addressed the fact that most diagnostically normative 14-year-old boys also do not have the best judgment regarding the appropriateness of an action. Additionally, none of the speakers addressed that a diagnosis of autism is irrelevant in a discussion about whether or not it is appropriate to bear a grudge against, much less threaten, a 14-year-old boy because he disrespected a holy book. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's simply outrageous. It's And this is the UK. It's, this is the UK. We're not talking about an Islamic country. Yes. So this imam and this Muslim counselor, who I believe was from the Labor Party, of course, um, and I'm a lib and I'm like, come on, Labor Party. <laughs> um, uh, they were just, you know, doubling down, talking about how autistic this boy was. However, when the boy's mother came to speak in front of the community that was gathered in this mosque, she described him very differently. She described him as high functioning. So the only way that this imam and counselor could soothe the community was to overemphasize this boy's diagnosis to try to like make it okay because otherwise 
the mom himself was saying that your feelings are completely valid, but you're expressing them the wrong way, but you're not expressing them the wrong way because it's bad to express them that way. It's bad to express it that way because of how non-Muslims will then turn it back on us. That's why it's bad. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you said that out loud? <laughs> Am I crazy or is that like wildly out of pocket? Yeah, no issue with abusing a, the boy like that, yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the mom was just talking about how, you know, her son is so sorry and he, how he's learned how deeply disrespectful what he did was. And she said, wow. he hasn't eaten since Wednesday afternoon when this occurred, because with his autism, it put his anxiety to a level where he is beside himself. He is very, very sorry, the boy's mother said, as she sat at the edge of the panel, hair covered with a black scarf. And Am I, again, repeating how sorry her son was, she added, we have to call the police. He's absolutely petrified, and I don't want anyone to be prosecuted because of the stupidity of my son and his friends. Oh my god. Do you think we're being too... Is it expecting too much for the mom to go, like, just fuck you all? Like, you guys, like, abusing my son instead of, like, apologizing? Shouldn't she just be, like, roasting them all? She like, should, but she's... I think she's scared. Yeah, like, I think, yeah. like, maybe we're... I mean... I, I would want her to be like, what the hell? Like, I want her to go, like, raging on all these people. Like, you guys are abusing my son for nothing, for pieces of paper. But again, I don't think we're in a position to judge her because she's living with those people. And she, she wants, wants to protect her son. Yeah. She wants to protect her vulnerable child. Regardless of his yeah. medical diagnosis, he's a child and he's vulnerable in this position. You know what should happen? We need a proper... Quran burning reaction whenever people whenever whenever Muslims you know some Muslims some Muslims act mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. and they're like oh our Quran has been disrespected I think we need to be like oh you think that was disrespectful let's have a proper Quran burning ceremony what, or what like do you maybe mean by that what, what does that mean <laughs> like I, I want like I want people in the UK to be like okay okay you guys thought that was bad. Let's have celebrate us disrespecting Quran in many different ways. Okay, you know, burn, put burning aside because burning could be dangerous. But like, what happened to this Quran? They threw it was it, it was thrown to the ground. Okay, go. It was go. knocked out of someone's no, it hand. Was knocked out of someone. Okay, not even so. Not go even play. Thrown. I want. I want. I people of UK. Go take, buy Korans and throw them. Go to parks and throw them, okay? Throw them into the river, play catch with them, throw them in, like, the mud, you know, walk on them, whatever. Record it and just go crazy with it, okay? I want, you know, this is the only way we could normalize these things. You saw we, we had really harsh reactions by um, people within the Muslim community. Hashtag not all. Um, and in response, they created the annual Dry Muhammad Day. Okay, when sorry, um, in response to the harsh reactions that Muslims had to drawing um, cartoons of Muhammad, and now it's not that big of a deal. It worked. It worked. Okay, so you need to do the same thing with the Quran. We need to desensitize. This actually helps the Muslim community. We need to desensitize the Muslim community. So when you see reactions like this. In response, you need to do it 10,000 times more so they see that this type of intimidation tactics don't work.
when they try to intimidate somebody, it needs to backfire on them so that they don't use it. Because if you submit, they see that it works and then they're going to do it more. So I know we can't expect that from this mom and child to go disrespect yeah. the Quran because that's a lot of risk for them. And there'll be Muslims as well, so they don't want to do it. But that's not the same with you. You guys could be like, oh, people are angry that somebody disrespected the Quran. Well, how do you like them apples now? Record it, put it on Instagram, put it on Twitter, have a hashtag for this news, and make it go viral. Start this campaign. What do you, like, I don't understand, people. You've already done it before. What was it that you did? Hashtag, was it hashtag desecrate the Quran? Yes, hashtag disagree. We already have the hashtag. You don't even have to. We I made it for you. I already made the work for you. You're I already made the hashtag for you. Hashtag desecrate the Quran. People of UK, make it happen. I will look for your tweets on Twitter with the hashtag desecrate Quran and I will retweet it. Just make it tasteful. I don't want to see anything gross, okay? Not, don't, you don't have to be disgusting and vile. Make it tasteful. Make it something that doesn't seem to be, have to be offensive. You're doing something that doesn't seem to be something, you know, if you go out of your way and try to make it extra offensive, it's not going to come off as like, ew, like what's happening, okay? Make it something that normal people will look at it and are like, that doesn't seem so bad. And then you only have to be, you know, have the Muslim virus in your brain for you to be like, oh yeah, that's offensive. You know, you just you, you just have to show people. The more subtle it is, the more you can show the point that okay, look at these people are being offended by something that is not offensive. If you go, if you overdo it, then it's gonna not not gonna look very good. Okay, so go do something subtle. Go be like, you know, you don't have to be like, ah, I hate the Quran. Okay, just take a Quran and be like, oops, and just make it fall. Okay, and then look at it. Oh no, what happened? What happened? Oopsie. Oopsie. Oh, I stepped on that. Oopsie. Okay, just do something like that. Something subtle. And then record it. Hashtag the secret to Quran. Okay? Come on. Make it happen. Please. Look. Okay. No, you spelled it wrong. So Very important asterisks on doing something like this. Okay? Always consider your safety. We always consider yes. the people to be responsible for their own safety. Please consider the law in your country because this is highly illegal and or punishable by death in many countries. Oh, so yeah, I'm thinking you can consider your safety first. Do not rush into that anything. Deeply consider the consequences. Yes. I got so worked up over the beheading of Samuel Pati, I started doing it on live stream the next week. I was like, screw it. If, man, if someone's being beheaded in the middle of freaking Paris over this, I'm going to do this live. But I did that recognizing the consequences in my life, you know? <laughs> right, right. But uh, we do have two members. Prometheus became a member. Okay, that's Welcome great. to Satan's Minions. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. And Danish. Danish also yeah, became Danish a member. Welcome. Danish and Prometheus from uh, Elysium and Planet Earth. Okay. So wait, there was something else I wanted to say about the Quran desecrating. Oh yeah, by the way, when Armin says about doing it tastefully, like please, please consider that because I've not talked to you about this, Armin. People have sent me DMs of them, like with their punanis just on the Quran, the eggplant just on the Quran. I'm talking sexual fluids on the Quran, scribbled, sent straight to my inbox. Please do not do that. I will block you immediately. I don't care if you're an ex-Muslim and we have, we're on the same level in that case. That's disgusting. I did not ask to be sent that. 
don't do it. That's a violation. Don't like stop. It was so gross. And then they're like, contact me through another account. They're like, why did you block me? I'm like, I didn't ask to see what you produce. You sent me like, dick pics and you're asking me why you blocked me? What the hell? I'm surprised you didn't report them. Like you just, okay, well. Wild. This, this is the job hazards of what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right. Okay. Oh, I was just being blasphemous. I thought you would like it. Yeah. Literally, though. Literally, though. That's what they were saying. Yeah. Like, didn't you ask me to be blasphemous? Like, yeah. Not like that. Um. All right. This next news story, everyone, I would like you to mentally prepare yourself for me to go off. Okay. Like, step aside, Susanna's about to go on a rant. Okay, so let's clap for the next news. Next news. Next news. Iranian feminist artist censored by American University sparking backlash. This is outrageous, Habibis. Okay. McAllister College, a private liberal arts college in Minnesota, recently shut down and censored an art exhibition by feminist artist Tarvat uh Talipasan, after some Muslim students were offended by it. Talipasan's work often criticized Islamic conservatism and the oppression of women under Islamist regimes. Some artworks the college claimed to have shocked and offended students' sensibilities included a risque drawing of a woman in a hijab lifting her clothes and showing her underwear, and another lifting her niqab to reveal her underwear while raising the middle finger. The exhibit also featured porcelain sculptures of women in niqabs revealing their breasts. Not pleased with her artwork, some of McAllister's student body members submitted a petition demanding to shut down the exhibition, claiming that Talipasan's work caused quote-unquote deep pain and even quote-unquote perpetuated harm against Muslims. McAllister College covered the artwork with black curtains which the critics criticized as censorship. Administrators at McAllister eventually reopened the exhibit, albeit with less censorship. The entrance doors were taped up so that people could not see the artwork. Visitors were also shown a content warning of upsetting or unacceptable images. This pisses me off so much. And I'm just thinking of it from the perspective of like, there are probably a lot of female students on that campus from Iran. And I'm just thinking of, like, I'm I'm like mentally, <laughs> I'm like, my brain is breaking. If I was put in that position where it's like, I, especially for this artist, this artist had to leave her homeland to never return so that she can express herself freely without threat of custodial abuse and systematic RAPE, right? If not worse. And sacrificing so much to criticize the most oppressive and dogmatic aspects of the society and government that she lived under, right? And so she has to give up everything that she's ever known to come to a country where she can be free and starts an art practice. She gets well known. And then not only, this would be outrageous in general, 
But given the current climate, this is absolutely insulting. Absolutely insulting. To have an art exhibition and then have people again corralling you, saying that this is disgusting. This is perpetuating harm against me. This is offensive. It's so offensive that we need to shut you down. That we are going to silence you. We are going to make sure that you are not seen. Not only that, the symbolism fucking cuts my heart. <clears throat> we are going to cover your expression of breaking free of Islamic patriarchy with a black curtain. A woman who had to leave everything behind so that governments could not force her into black curtains is now being forced behind black curtains because of some dumbass like sensitivity training that's saying this is so offensive and this is perpetuating harm against a minority community da, 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 da. instead of embracing the fact that she's been incredibly transgressive imagine for a moment if there was a woman that came from a catholic background like myself and wanted to make art that was exactly the same just nuns instead of women in a niqab and people started shutting it down saying no this needs to be behind a curtain this needs to be covered up people would be outraged this is such an imposition over a woman who's a feminist taking back her autonomy if this was in a christian context this would have never happened never there wouldn't be warnings on it that someone might find upsetting or unacceptable unacceptable images never never but because of where she comes from in our backwards progressive the way that we're so turned up and have our heads on the wrong ways when it comes to these issues we are betraying the people who are really being liberal and pushing for liberation within their societies because she comes from a different country in a different context and she looks a little bit different well that's how they are in their culture and she's being offensive to their culture it's disgusting it's so disgusting and it makes me so angry like and then what to add insult to injury as if there wasn't enough already one of this is so ironic this is so ironic and upsetting one of the pieces that she had in her exhibit was a neon sign that says woman life freedom and now this expression that is the model that is the driving force for freedom for the entirety of iranian society is now also being shrouded behind a black curtain and told that there needs to be viewer discretion advised it breaks my brain <sighs> okay so now that i got that out of my system armin what is your reaction mm -hmm. i i just want to point out how well you said all the negative i want to say something positive um i think a lot of these progressives are going to be so confused because they're looking at countries, for example, in the Middle East and their culture and them needing to be accepting of other people's cultures, minorities' culture, right? 
And now what we're going to have, what we're having is a wave of Iranians. We already had a lot of Iranians in North America and Europe, and there's more coming. And their culture, their culture, their newfound culture, their growing culture is being anti-Islam. So, <laughs> so this is what do you what do you do? This is the Iran is right now the most anti-Islamic country in the world. Again, let me repeat that. Iran is right now not anti-Muslim, okay? Not like China and India, okay? Iran is right now the most anti-Islamic country in the world, and they have turned that not into just an attitude, but it's a culture now, right? And Iranians, either refugees, you know, worker, working immigrants, student, student immigrants, permanent residents, and new citizens, they are going to come, and these progressives are going to be like, what the hell is this? Okay, because this is not respect- what I've been told. <laughs> yes, respecting immigrant culture means like, oh, is we respect things like Islam, but now this immigrant culture is anti-Islam. So what do we do now? <laughs> so, uh, like, huh, huh. So this is. What you're seeing here, basically, is a sign of a lot of new things to come, I think, in the mm-hmm. future. You know how we talked about how the clash between... So in the progressive world, we had pro-LGBT, which is good, but pro-Islam, which is bad. And we thought that at some point, these two parts of the progressive movements are going to have a clash within each other, especially in the UK, right? And it happened, all right? So here's... Now, another prediction. There's going to be a clash between progressives who are like, okay, whose side do we pick on this? Like, what do we do, right? So, we'll see. We have two super chests that we need to highlight. Thank you for yeah. everybody. Well, there's so many There's so many things I wanted. So many good comments. Go ahead with the super chats, though. Bitter Truth okay. gave us $5. Thank you so much, Bitter Truth. Thank you. So, let's have ex-Muslims interviewed why they left Islam. Well, you should go check out the Secular Jihadist channel. Armin has done years worth of, of those kinds of um, interviews. Definitely go check out the yes. Secular Jihadist podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is these uh, responses. It's called Art Burka. Yeah. So, yeah, it does actually look like an Art Burka. Wait, did I start this? Okay. So, other super chat. Here's another super chat. Oh, Numan, thank you for the super chat. He's saying, does anyone have plans for Atheist Day this month? We will be announcing those soon. Yes. So stay tuned. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for reminding everybody about March 23rd, which is Atheist Day. Um, yeah. Man, so many Danish. good comments. So, uh, Danish is saying, yeah, this has got to be the feeling of a lot of Iranians. Can we send these people to Iran for just a week? I don't know if they will hate it. They're going to go and they're going to be treated like they're going to be given the hijab. They're not going to have they're not going to have the experience that a lot of people have suffering in Iran, okay? Unless they get kidnapped by the government and hold for ransom. But uh, but usually foreigners go to Iran and they have an okay time and they come up with a misunderstanding of what it's like to be in Iran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, D is saying, if I see a warning sticker, I want to see it more. Yeah, exactly. Me too. That's a sign of being a rebel. And here's the last comment. Um, can you read that? Just oh, most oh, hey, your emoticon is that wrong? Yeah, I'll put you down there. Uh, not emoticon. Your yeah. There we go. All right, Mustafa is saying, I doubt there is a lot of Persian students. Uh, Somali students, on the other hand, are more indoctrinated in Islam than Persian students. I can say that as an Eastern African American. Well, I don't know. There are. Wait, you mean there? Are, I, I doubt there is a lot of Persian students that are Muslim. I don't understand what you're saying. No. So I was saying what if this? If I was a Persian student on that campus, what my experience I, would be. And he was saying, oh, like, yeah, I don't think that there are a lot of Persian students there, but there's like at least one. But then, yeah, yeah. so, but he was raising a good point because this happened in Minnesota, which does have a very large Somali population. And Minnesota is also the state where we had the incident in Hamline University, where that abject art professor was fired for showing a medieval painting of the Prophet Muhammad that is largely regarded as an Islamic masterpiece in the context of an art history course, and she was fired for offending students. Mm. So but, that also happened in Minnesota. So it's Minnesota is dealing with this, this contention right now. Right. So, uh, by the way, before we go to next so I just want to, like, when we go, instead of, like, doing this, which I don't know why I also have changed my avatar to... Yeah, instead of going like this, uh, we should go. Okay, so so you could become the other person becomes full screen. No problem. Um, yeah, which I'm actually gonna do on the next news because I need to do a washroom break. But the next news is it a uh, clap worthy? Yes, this news? is. This okay, is maybe the best news this week. Wait. Oh, really? Hold on. Let me actually grab the article because in case we need to show it as well. Oh my god, is that Dr. Ambedkar? Yes. Yes, my favorite doctor. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Baba, next news. <laughs> Baba Zab, it's time. We're making you proud. <laughs> okay. Um, next news. First of its kind caste discrimination ban in Seattle is historic in the U.S. Seattle has become the first city in the United States to explicitly ban caste discrimination. The legislation was introduced by Kasama Sawant, Seattle's only socialist and Indian American council member. The new policy will ban discrimination based on caste in employment, public housing, and education. Under the law, those who experience discrimination based on caste can file a case against those who discriminated against them. The Seattle Office for Civil Rights will enforce the law and handle complaints related to caste discrimination. The measure applies to all forms of caste discrimination, crossing religious and national boundaries. Several activists and human rights groups cheered when the Seattle City Council unanimously passed the new measure. However, um, one not, not everyone was convinced that the policy was necessary. Among them was Sarah Nelson of the Democratic Party, who warned that the measure could hurt South Asians and generate more discrimination against them. She also described the new ordinance as a, quote-unquote, reckless, harmful solution to a problem for which we have no data or research. So, I mean, it's kind of incredible, you know, that my, my native city has been the first one to usher in this legislation. And a lot of activists are very hopeful that this will serve as a template for um, other cities to adopt similar ordinances. 
Um, this sounds good. I like it. Okay. But I don't understand the signs people are holding. What the hell is oh, this? it's because she's a socialist. I told you when we talked about her before that I have a bone to pick with Kasama Sawant. It's because she's a full-blown socialist. I called her a psychosocialist before. I know, but why would you hold a sign saying fight oppression, fight capitalism in something that is about caste? Um, because she talks about the intersection of caste oppression and the tech sector which is where um, other historical, not historic, but like there's an issue with Cisco and San Jose that's going on. There's been some things going on at Apple, da, da, da. Um, and so she talks about in the context of the tech sector. She has a bone to pick with the tech sector. She, okay, but the tech sector uh, is yeah. not capitalism, caste system. Don't tie get caste. Don't tie your dirty caste system with capitalism. <laughs> Why is it like that's your that's your disgusting culture? It has nothing to do with capitalism. Thank you very much. Like capitalism came from Western countries. The caste system came from well, this one at least came from India. Don't mix South them Asia. together, South Asia. Don't mix them together. That's your dirty stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're fixing. You're dirty, like cleaning your dirty laundry, but don't mix it with our clean laundry. Capitalism is what but she making... thinks of it as our our quote unquote dirty laundry. If you're no, going to be not... <laughs> this is what the whole point. Do you know why? Do you know why you live in a country where you could fight caste system more effectively than in India? Because it's a capitalist country. Because it's a capitalist country. Oh. I'm sorry. Yes, it's it has become economically rich enough for it to be able to care about fighting oppression. The reason why oppression is a bigger deal in India is because you're poor. It's because you're poor. So you have other priorities. So capitalism will get you to a point where you can start thinking more about people being oppressed rather than having food in your belly. I'm sorry. So don't mix these two together. That's your, that's your Indian problem, okay? That's your Indian problem. I mean, I mean, I appreciate you trying to fix this Indian problem, but don't start blaming it on this Western, not even a problem, a, a Western blessing. Don't don't blame your Indian problem on a Western blessing. Okay, okay, that's what. The, learn from Doctor Ambedkar. Okay, Doctor Doctor Baba. He got it right, okay? He wasn't blaming the West. He called out the caste system. He wasn't blaming Western concept for that. He was like, this is disgusting stuff. And it's, it's Hinduism. It's not capitalism. It's Hinduism. And he knew it. And he hated it. He also liked Western ideas. And he, he, the doctor here, he understood that Western Enlightenment values are good for India. He just also understood that Indians are too anti- Western for them to accept it, so he sure. he rebranded them as Buddhism because yep. people were so anti-Western because of their justifiably because of their experience with colonialism. So he had to sweeten the pill for them to make it easier to swallow. So he took the Western Enlightenment values, he called it Buddhism, and then voila. But yeah, basically, God damn it! I have yeah. not heard you talk this way in a long time. Mm -hmm. 
I know you like it. <laughs> that made me a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that it was an attack on capitalism that brought that out of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can... Of all things. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, it has saved the goddamn world. Like, why are... Fuck, fuck capitalism. Fuck you. <laughs> Like seriously, like this is has brought people more people out of poverty than anything else. It has it has fed more people than you people realize, and you're comparing it with something that has discriminated people. This nothing has lifted people more out of poverty than capitalism. You ungrateful! Oh my god. Anyways. Armin, I you should I was, see the I was rich. that Kasama Sawant. You should see the rants that she has against Amazon because it would make your brain melt. I was ready to celebrate this news. I was like anti-cast with a picture of Doctor Ambedkar. I'm ready to go. Like then I scroll down a little bit. Like what in the hell? If 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 India has any economy, and look at the people. Like we have our own Prometheus. We believing in this stuff like that. This is why they don't let you in. Elysium, okay? Because this is why this is why they tie you to a rock and torture you, okay? Because this, seriously, the India's economy was in the toilet when they were trying to do command economics, controlling everything from the top down. They have to literally come save India's economy with capitalism before it was lifted into something that could be like this. Is why you're so behind India. This is why China is taking is eating your lunch. Okay, because they opened their markets and you didn't. You guys were like trying to micromanage everything. And they're like, fuck capitalism. Yeah, well, you're fucking Indian people. I mean, not literally. You're like, you're betraying the Indian people because you're not like opening your markets as much as you can. And you're not freeing your economy. This is the only reason why, you know, this government, as, as fascist as it is, at least economically, is trying to make it more free. Yeah, anyways. By the way, I think we're gonna Prometheus is rethinking his membership right now. He became a member and he, this guy's a commie. This guy's a commie and he became a member today. And he was like, I'm not supporting this channel anymore. <laughs> so I think he's like I think he's regretting his membership very much. <laughs> so, okay, so. <laughs> hilarious Asian American is saying it's communism with Chinese characteristics, you Abraham McKeven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god way to ruin a good news well no do you remember last to... week when we were talking about this yeah. the introduction of it and I was like this sounds good but I have my hesitations because I have a bone to pick with this particular city council member yeah this is why well, you know what even if you want to be dumb enough to be anti-capitalism okay can you not do it on a separate movement or protest than when you're going anti-caste like at least can you not like separate them so us capitalists can get behind what you're doing because we're also anti-caste can you not do like be anti-caste on one day and anti your anti-stupid anti-capitalism on another day 
so that we don't have to be like, what the hell is this? We wanted to support this because it's anti cast and now we have like we're getting behind these commies doing their commie crap and you know, with the with the anti oh my god. It is gonna um alienate some people. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a lot. Yeah. Especially especially a lot of Indians who are anti cast in America because you know who you know who takes Beautiful, beautiful advantage of capitalism. Indian Americans. Western Indians. Indians in Canada, United States, and Europe. They do, they are the top of their game in the universities. They're crushing it. They're like in the tech industry and the universities. They're out competing everybody. So, you know, who knows how to do capitalism if you don't tie their hands? Indians. Indians know how to do capitalism right. We've seen them, what they're capable of, what they're capable of when you don't bind their hands, when you let them loose. They crush it. They're crushing it. They're crushing it more in Europe and North America than they do in India. Because India doesn't provide the same environment for them that as much as North America, you know. So they have the potential. Just let them loose. And yeah, you're so yeah, you're alienating the Indians who might also be anti-caste because most Indians are okay with capitalism, as I have seen. Oh yeah, Secular Sekai just gave us a super chat saying, "Gonna gift memberships and everybody turn giftings on." Oh yeah, guys, if you want to receive gifts as mem- um, you know, membership gifts, because sometimes people buy gifts. The only way you receive it is you turn on the options for you to receive membership gifts. But yeah, so thank you so much for the super chat and also the membership gifts, Secular Sakai. Um, oh wait, hold on. We had a oh, Gaijin American is using his. 14th month membership celebration to ask, is there a Dalit CEO? Is there? I'm sure there is. I'm pretty sure I there don't is. Know. I mean, there's a there's a lower caste prime minister, so there's that. Uh, I also got a 40. And also the president super in India is Adivasi. Oh, wow. So both the president and the prime minister. Yeah. yeah well, but not Dalit, though. Yeah. Uh, Noma just gave a super chat saying, both of you guys look cute today, oh huh? Oh my god, thank you. Wait, how, which way do I have to turn? Give you a very Charlie, Charlie's Angels <laughs> look right now. <laughs> thank you. Alright, um, also Soha is using the hashtag Dalit Lives Matter. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> oh, people are loving that. You're like, aww. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys. That's pretty sweet. Alright, let's move on. I got really, I wasn't expecting to get angry over Anta, you know. I thought this was Yeah, that was news. a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, guys, okay, just to be clear, okay, I was, um, I'm talking about people's culture, okay, when I was like, I was talking about that <coughs> culture, I was in generalizing, okay, um, just in case some people might be thinking in the live chat that, you know, every, every country has bad culture and good culture, okay, um, when I, I did, when I go to a country and identify as bad culture, I just want to be very clear that I'm not talking about the entirety of that co- uh, that country. 
Um, Iran has horrible culture and good culture. India has horrible culture like the caste system and good culture. United States has horrible culture and good culture, okay? You know, so for example, United States has republicanism, which is horrible, right? Um, so just remember that every time I'm talking about, I, I'm identifying a country's bad culture, I am not generalizing it, um, and I'm not dismissing all the good culture, and I'm also not dismissing all the activists, all the amazing activists in that country that are fighting, that are trying to make their country a better place by fighting their bad culture. There is no country that doesn't have bad culture. Okay? And also every country has activists within that country that is trying to make their country better. And me, uh, you guys, the people who are dismissing the existence of bad culture within their country are not doing their country a service. They're just trying to save the image of the country, but in but the cost is actual progress. The only way to progress for a country is to identify the problems with it, which is fine, right? Which is fine, right? So capitalism is something that I identify about uh, that is good that come out of West, but that doesn't mean that I think everything from the West is good. You know what else came from the West? Communism. Communism. <laughs> So the thing that I'm hating the most, that is also Western, okay? It's a German, so people think it's Russian. It's German. Communism is German, okay? Do you know what else is German? Yahtzeeism. Yahtzeeism. Yahtzeeism is German, okay? So Western culture, you guys, I think, like, I have a hard-on for Western culture. No! It's just capitalism. It it's, like, <laughs> it's It's... Enlightenment values, okay, that comes from the West, which I pretty much I like, okay, and capitalism, which is also kind of part of the Enlightenment values, right? But I also hate Western culture. Yahtzeeism, which is code for what you know, and communism, that's also Western culture. And I hate it. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's actually the most, the best culture that I like and values that I like comes from the West. And the worst ones, the worst ones also come out of the West. So yeah, so I'm not, I'm like, if you guys think that I'm sometimes joking around and people might think that I have like a Western superior attitude, I was just like triggering some people. I don't mean it like that. Just one. Well, you get so heated sometimes in the moment. I think those nuances aren't clear to people. So it's good to reiterate. <laughs> Prometheus is saying, say fascism, not communism and crime. No. Communism is fascism, my friend. No, I mean, even if it's not, even when, I mean, even when communism doesn't lead to fascism, I still... It's they could not. It's not the tyranny. I mean, I hate fascism, okay. But my my main problem with the communism is not the eventual tyranny that sometimes happens. It's actually the economic, the economic policies. So it is actual communism that I hate, right? People think when I say communism, I'm thinking about Stalin and Mao. No, I'm not. I'm thinking about command economics. All right. So, excuse you. Yatism is American. True, true, it's true. It, it originated from America. It's Western. It's Western. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Armin and Susanna Rant Hour. That's basically what this show is. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Let's move on. Oh, we got a super chat. We almost missed it. Where is it? Oh, here. Oh, um, June! Donish gave us 10 Canadian dollars. Thank you very much, Donish. That's very sweet. Saying, just wanted to second what Newman said. Okay. Wait, what did Newman say that we're second? He said that very cute today. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's not more sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, bye. Thank you, guys. That's very sweet. 
Um, all right. Um, no man say more things so other people second the super chat. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the next news. Um, can we... Wait, I don't have... Oh, we shouldn't clap for oh, this next news. This is we not should. good. Okay. Okay, not good. All right. Next news. Next news. Kidnapped, trafficked, and sold for $250. The story of a Kashmiri child bride. Al Jazeera recently published in-depth reporting on the trafficking and forced marriages of Indian women in India-administered Kashmir. Young women were typically promised jobs and a better life, but were then instead sold as brides. Interviews with victims were featured. One of these women was 29-year-old uh, Nazima, kidnapped from her home state of West Bengal and then transferred 1,600 kilometers away to Kashmir, where she was forced to marry a man 20 years older than her who paid the traffickers $250 for a bride. Although Nazima was treated well by her husband, another woman, Arshida, who was 13 years old when she was bought, suffered from domestic abuse. Human trafficking is a major problem in India, with over 1,700 cases were recorded by government bodies in 2020 alone. However, this is believed to just be the tip of the iceberg, and the problem is believed to be vastly underreported. Many individuals and human rights groups are working to raise awareness about the issue and promote better enforcement of anti-trafficking laws. Okay, can you give us a little bit more detail about this? Yeah, so, um, wait, give me one second to pull up my notes. I thought that this was important to cover because our lovely editor, Dee, everyone say thank you, Dee, um, sent this article to me and raised it to my attention. And um, just, it's it's a very complex issue because some of this happens because in India until, I can't remember when, but India used to have it be legal for you to abort a fetus on the basis of its sex. And because of traditionalism, that meant that families would abort female babies. And then it has resulted in a, dis uh, a, uh, a major gender disparity. And what this means is that there will be entire villages where there are men who cannot find someone to marry. And, and then especially when caste comes into the issue, that makes it even more complex. And so basically, there are women that are sold as slave brides and trafficked all across India to make up for the fact that there are no men, I mean, excuse me, no women in certain areas because they just kill all the female babies to the point, fetuses, um, to the point that it is now illegal. I don't know if it's across the country or just in some states. It's illegal to do ultrasounds looking for the sex of a baby because of how severe the problem is. And the government literally has an interest in preventing femicide because it has such, it has huge social consequences, but also economic consequences as well. So the state needs to interfere. Um, the other issue that comes into this is also some other forms of traditionalism. So for example, a lot of men will marry someone who was trafficked to be a bride. They will buy their bride because if they were trying to have a marriage in the normal, traditional way, they cannot afford the dowry. They cannot afford the meher. They cannot afford all of the costs that are associated with doing it the right way or um, 
because of the expectations of the community and da 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 um, about how you're supposed to do your ceremony, your ceremony, your nikka, whatever. And so they will instead buy a girl for a fraction of the cost and not have to worry about any of that. Um, and it's really sad because a lot of these women are taken um, from uh, West Bengal, actually. Apparently, West Bengal is a huge hub for human trafficking and transported all across the states. And apparently, there's a lot going on in Kashmir. And then they're in this other state and then they have they don't speak the language. And so they're abandoned and they have no ability to leave because they can't navigate the society that they're in because they don't speak Kashmiri at all. And um, sometimes they are children when this happens. Sometimes they're a little bit older, but a lot of them are tempted with saying, oh, you're, we're going to help you go work for an NGO. We're going to help you go work for a nonprofit. And then they're tempted to a different location. Some of them are drugged and then transported all the way across the country and they have no means of escaping. And um, there really are no, there's no recourse for these women because when they try to leave, they can't go back to where they came from because there's a stigma surrounding being trafficked because they're, regardless of what actually happened to you, people are gonna assume that you were being prostituted essentially. So then you're complete shame to your society and you're just, you're stuck in the situation. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for that. All right. Um... Let's go on. I did, by the way, Secular Psychiatrist got 20 memberships. 20 memberships. 20 people got memberships. They're saying, so generous, Secular Sakai. Oh and yes, yeah, so helpful, Secular Sakai. Hindustan. Wow. That's insane. Thank you so much. 20 of that's crazy. It's raining memberships. Like our entire live chat is like everybody's member. <laughs> That's right. Almost everyone is on Thank you for supporting our work, Sakai. It really means a lot to Thank us. Thank you. Wow. I mean, we should be paying him, but he's like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we clap for the next news? Oh, we don't like this. No, okay, fine. Next news. Next news. Middle Eastern governments crack down on LGBT community via dating apps. Human Rights Watch, or HRW for short, released a report detailing how governments and security agencies in the Middle East and North Africa, or MENA region, have been using social media and dating apps to target LGBT people, resulting in harassment, imprisonment, and public outing. One of the dozens of cases the report documented was that of Yazid, a 27-year-old gay man from Egypt. His ordeal started when uh, Yazid went out to meet one of the officers pretending to be a gay man on Grinder. He narrated how authorities arrested and tortured him until he was forced to sign papers confessing that he was quote-unquote practicing debauchery and then publicly outing himself. The report also highlighted the instances of public, excuse me, of private individuals and gangs extorting LGBT individuals. In Lebanon, for example, some people reported being extorted and told HRW how they were threatened with being outed to their families and the authorities if they failed to pay the extortionists a certain amount of money. The lack of effort by major tech companies to sufficiently invest in content moderation and protection in Arabic was also questioned by the report. 
HRW called on MENA governments to respect LGBT rights and for major tech companies to invest in their Arabic content moderation processes to help protect this particularly vulnerable population. So HRW just put out this extremely extensive report. Like, I read the executive summary, which itself took me probably at least 30 minutes to read. And then the estimation of how long it would take to read the full report was six hours long. <laughs> so I wasn't able to read the whole report, but I did get some really um, good details. Get ChatGPT summary. Just get ChatGPT It was too long. It was too oh. long. Okay. Um, Is there besides, a link to the report? When I, yeah. I mean, partially because of my research background and then also because I'm presenting this show, I really put a high value on going and reading the text myself. Um, anyways, so this is very, very enlightening. Now, we have known that this kind of thing happens in some countries, or you hear a story now and there, but this report really revealed how this is a really endemic, not, is that the word I'm looking for? It's, 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 it's a problem across the entire region. And Basically, authorities are going out and they are entrapping LGBT people and then like nabbing them and then sucking them into the system. And it is so bad that they will force people to give them their um, passcodes into their phones under duress or torture. And then they will go through all of their WhatsApp messages, all their Instagram, all their Facebook, da, da, da you know, sees everything, takes screenshots, then they'll start screenshotting um, the, all the information of your friends. So then they can then go after it and entrap your entire network. And then they will prosecute you, which will, and you'll probably experience custodial abuse while you're stuck in the system. And in some countries, if they don't have enough to go after you, what they will do is while they have possession of your phone, they will go download gay dating apps, set up profiles, set up pictures, set up fake messages, da da da. They will falsify evidence so then they can go after you. And a lot of people have to flee their countries when they go for this. They have to move, they have to change their names, they have to delete all their social medias. For the people that go through this in Iraq, they are faced with threats from armed militia groups that go after them or threaten that their personal information will be turned over to armed militia groups in Iraq. Um, and what was shocking was that in the cases where LGBT people are being extorted by private individuals, there are individuals or gangs that will go after LGBT people and say, and basically engage them and collect enough evidence to say that you're gay. And they will say, either we are going to expose you to your family, where they will threaten your life, or we will expose you to the authorities and they will prosecute you if you don't give us money. And in six cases that HRW documented, when the people who are being extorted went to the authorities and said, I am being extorted, I'm reporting this crime to you because extortion is a crime. The police arrested them instead. The police arrested Why? them, prosecuted Why? them, and criminalized them because they were engaged in debauchery or whatever it wants to be called. And in all of those six cases that HRW documented, 
there was not one case where the actual extortionists were prosecuted or pursued by the authorities in any way. So it's either the authorities are going after you and entrapping you, or they are systematically allowing people to entrap and extort you. Which countries are we talking? I know you said North America, uh, North Africa, and the Middle East, but are there any specific countries that are worse? Yes, let me pull up. So this report talked about Egypt a lot because we know that it is rough to be LGBT in Egypt. It's one of the roughest. Yeah. Okay. So the main countries that they cover, but the the case of one of those cases, the most prominent case of extortion that I read about was in Lebanon. Interestingly enough. Okay, so the countries that this report, this very extensive report covered, was Egypt, Iraq, Jordan, Lebanon, and Tunisia. And then when people are on these dating apps or on Facebook, whatever, and they're being threatened because of their identity or because of their self-expression or perceived gender orientation, whatever, whatever, and they report these threats to the social media company or the dating app, they are told that this doesn't violate their policies and the content Which, is not removed. What app, other than Grindr, what app are we talking about? So people... Um, Facebook and Instagram were uh, the primary ones that I remember being mentioned. Hmm. Meta products. Um, Which is so yeah. ironic because we have such a ridiculously hard time dealing with Meta as Atheist Republic. Yeah. We get dinged our page gets flagged for homophobia on posts where we are condemning homophobia but this is allowed just on the other side of the world it's fine it pisses me off so much well it's because it's another language so they have less moderation on this yeah so the, this report is like you guys need to step up your moderation in a major way yeah anyways Let's move on from this one. Let me see. Is it get better from here? Does it get better here? Oh, crap. This is crazy. This is a crazy story. Okay, even the so color gonna, looks insane. We're only clapping because this is outrageous. Like, everyone prepare yourself for a giant WTF moment. Okay. All right. I'm... I'm bracing myself. All right, it's clappable. You said, right? Okay. I mean, because we're just gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go off okay. on them. That's why. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Next news. Next news. Controversy in Turkey as religious body approves marriage to earthquake orphans. Yes. What? These what words the should not be in the same sentence, but this is what we're dealing with in 2023. Turkey's religious body, the Directorate of Religious Affairs, also known as uh, the Yanet, faced harsh criticism for issuing a fatwa that allowed adoptive parents to marry their adoptive children. The ruling was issued in response to a question about adopting children whose parents died in the massive earthquake that hit, hit Turkey and Syria. Quote, while Islam praised those who aid or take care of orphans, it does not recognize adoption as a legal status, the body's high council of religious affairs wrote. The three-paragraph-long edict explained that adoptive children could not inherit property from their adoptive parents, 
But the FATWA maintained that there was no obstruction to adoptive parents marrying their adopted children, even though marriage was not even mentioned in the original question. Various organizations and individuals criticized the ruling for violating Turkey's civil code and paving the way for, uh, let's just say, mistreatment of children. The, uh, the Diyanet retracted the fatwa in their second statement and emphasized the importance of respecting the country's laws. Wait, explain this to me. How is this helping? It's it's not. It's not. Let's be. How clear. do they think it's? How do they think it's helping? So, they were basically. I don't know. I don't know because Islamically they are correct. Here's the thing. So it was just like people asking like, hey, can I adopt some of these children that were orphaned in this horrific event that sent like what like a seventh to a fifth of our country under rubble? Like, can I can I help some of these kids? And they're basically like, yes, it is seen as a very noble thing to do in our faith. However, like they do not have certain legal rights, um, which is true. And also you can marry an adoptive child. You have a right to marry an adoptive child, which in Islam, this is actually true. I know, but why, why, why would this be a help? Okay, so in Islam, an adoptive child is not actually your child, right? Yeah. Because there is no such thing as accepting somebody that is adopted as actually a child, right? actually your child. And the story behind that is actually pretty insane for why that is. But <laughs> So that means that you could marry them. Okay, but mm-hmm. here's a question. I, again, I, I have to repeat my question. How is this helping with the quake thing? I mean, Armin, I don't think because. Okay, so let me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand, though. I'm trying to put my mind on Muslim cap on. Okay, maybe I'm just being stupid. I don't get. I'm trying to get their perspective. Maybe because if the understanding is, if the understanding is that, oh, if you marry these orphans then you're supporting them, right? Oh, I think I got it, okay? So here's why it didn't make sense. Like, like, okay, so these are orphans. You marry them, so now they have a home, okay? But if you had adopted them, they already have a home. So you don't need to, when you adopted them, you're not going to give them a second home because now you're marrying them. You already adopted them. But go on. So I should be clear, the thought was not saying... It's not saying to go marry the orphans. It's saying just like if you adopt the orphans, this I is know. still halal. Do you know what I know? I just know what just happened. This is grooming. So you're saying what this is what you're saying that if you go adopt these children, you can eventually marry them. So you are, we're basically giving you a bonus for why you should go adopt these children. So you see all these orphan girls, children, you're like, I don't want to be a parent. I'm like, okay, what about eventually a husband? So go pick them while they're young and grow them in your household. And once they're the right age, marry them. It's, that's what's happening here. It's telling, it's giving you extra incentives to go adopt children because it's telling you that, remember, that you could eventually marry them. That's what's happening here. Isn't that like literal grooming? Isn't that what the very definition of grooming? 
Yeah, there's some pretty devious subtext going on here. And but is, am I reading too much into this, or is that not what is being said here? They're like, okay, we need these children to be taken care of. They're like, okay, well, if you say you could marry your adoptive ch adopted children, well, how is that supporting them? Because when you adopt them, they've already been taken care of. So the only explanation that comes to my mind is that, well, because saying that you could marry them increases your incentives to go adopt them. That's what I, my understanding is. Am I reading too much into this? I don't interpret it that way, but I, I see very easily how you got there. Okay. It's, so it, what it, has been... it's completely <laughs> in bad taste. No matter what it Secular Sakai, this comment. <laughs> Chris Anson, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> the t the t Turkish, no, no, yes, the Turkish Republic, why don't you have a seat? Yes, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's so bad. And, but what um, uh, D is pointing out is that this, this fatwa, this news did not go over well at all. People were freaking outraged they were railing against them and then journalists that were calling out the religious body that put out this fatwa they actually started getting the police started making complaints against the journalists that were calling this out of course um and um it people were outraged they were so pissed off and and then in reaction to this severe backlash this ministry which receives billions of dollars of public funding said um issuing a second statement it accused people of ill will of distorting what was written it said quote it is admirable that people want to foster adoptions of the quake it said Akiwain, um another ministry the second statement that said that while Islamic scholars agreed that adopted foster children were not considered kin in Islam, this reiterating its ruling is softer wording and underlined that the rules of the country should be respected. Because let's be clear, everything that's intimated in this fatwa is completely illegal under the actual civil law. Adoptive children have the same rights as naturally born children in the civil code, and they are certainly <laughs> not... Um, it's illegal to marry them, 100%. So everything about this is just outrageous and um, illegal. That's a crime. Right. Um, okay, so, by the way, so, um, so I was saying, but adoption is haram in Islam in the first place. Well, I mean, technically, no. I mean, it's adoption means that you consider them to be your child. So what is allowed is fostering a child, which is we laymen call that adoption. But if you want to be technical, you can foster a child, but you just can't consider them to be your children. So the, the haram part is calling them your actual children. But you could like, take children in your house and you could foster them and is what most people call an adoption, but if you want to be technical, there's a difference between adopting a child and fostering a child. Adoption means that they are now your children. Fostering is just like you're just taking care of. But we laymen just call them both adoption. So, yeah. So, yeah, the part that the, the t taking them in your house and taking care of them like a parent, that's not haram. They're calling them your child part. That is the haram. 
And we got a super chat. No man is saying F Islam, F religion, F Hindutva. We got another super chat from Secular Sakai, another five dollars. Oh, well. Thank you very much, Sakai. Can you read this, Armin? This yes, Secular Sakai is saying Turkey also has a conspiracy theory uncle saying the wait, uh oh, conspiracy theory uncles saying the US used the H A A R P research facility in Alaska to cause the earthquakes and destroy the AKP. Oh wow. That's a uh, that's amazing. That's a new one. That's I new haven't one. heard that one before. That's a new one. I've heard I have heard of conspiracy theories that you cause earthquakes, but uh, they're all insane by the way. You can't cause earthquakes, but yeah, amazing. So I don't know what to do with that information. But yeah, that's insane. Um, oh, GJ is here saying, hi, GJ here. I am siding with Armin Navabi here. Islamic doctrine forbids adoption. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for taking. I didn't disagree with that. This is hilarious. No, you were, I don't know, you did not, you were wrong, and I was correct. I know you didn't say anything about this, but my side was the correct one. <laughs> How do you think you say this name? Aristotle? Aristotle's, excuse me, Aristotle. Aristotle's is saying he just discovered why <laughs> adoption is banned in Islam. Unbelievable. I just looked it up. The founder of the religion caused the divorce of his adopted son's marriage, denied his adoption of him, and then married his now formally adopted son's wife. Wow. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So, let me explain. Discover this in real time. <laughs> I just, I just Google this, and I, I, I wanted to see why Islam doesn't allow adoption, and this is insane. I was so not expecting reason, this. Can't I was not expecting this. So Muhammad, Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, one day goes to his adopted son's house to see him. His adopted son's, his adopted son was called Zayd, right? And Zayd, which is the adopted son of Muhammad, his wife is named Zainab. And Muhammad goes to his son's house and he sees Zainab not covered very much. And she be sexy. She be, she had, she was tight. And Muhammad was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I want her. Okay. And she, Muhammad was so horny. By the way, guys, this is not me making, like insulting Islam. This is actual Islamic narrative. Okay. Muhammad was so horny for Zainab that he had to go home and pray. Like he was like, "Oh my God, oh my God, this is not good. This is not good." And Zainab could tell that Muhammad liked her. Like he was so obvious that Zainab, like when Zay, guys, this is actual Islamic scripture. I am not making fun of Islam right now. This is actual Islamic hadith. It's true. When when Zayn came to back to his house. Zainab told her her husband and Muhammad's adopted son that your dad really wants me like badly, okay? And Zayd went to his father, Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, and was like, dude, you could have her. Just I'll you, if you want Zainab, if you want my wife, I'll divorce her and you marry her. And Muhammad was like, no 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 no, this is like a taboo thing. People would, people would judge me because in back then in that culture, marrying your son's wife was huge taboo. And then what happens? Okay. But then what happens? 
a Quranic verse comes down. Oh, oh, oh. A Quranic verse comes down and says very conveniently, so conveniently that Aisha points out that to Muhammad that your God keeps saying things. This is Aisha's hadith. Aisha is on record telling Muhammad that your God seems to be like looking after your dick. Doesn't he? Like, your God seems to be like, you know, Allah seems to be revealing verses based on your wishes. Again, this is Aisha say calling out Muhammad on his verses. This is on record. Okay? So, and a verse comes down from Allah saying that adopted children are not actually your children. This is just so that Muhammad could get his dick wet. So the reason why now adopted children are not the thing in Islam is because Muhammad was horny for his adopted son's wife. And what you, what Zayd was, his name was Zayd ibn Muhammad, so Zayd the son of Muhammad, and they changed his name to like no longer the son of Muhammad. Right? Because very conveniently, God himself spoke and said, this is totally fine, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, and God and Muhammad is on record saying that he's this is the most embarrassing verse in the Quran. But guess what? Not because it was revealed that he was horny for Zainab. Because God told Muhammad, shamed the, uh, the Quranic verse shamed Muhammad. Like, why are you worried more about what people say where I, Allah, have picked Zainab for you? So I have decided, I may, Allah is saying, I have married Zainab to you, and you're, you are fearing people instead of fearing your Allah. So Muhammad is ashamed of this. Muhammad says that if there's one verse in the Quran that he could remove, it would be this verse. But not because he's embarrassed about being horny for Zainab, it's because Allah has revealed to everybody that Muhammad prioritized other people's talking about him over what Allah thinks of him. So, by the way, I'm the, 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 the twisting and manipulation of a very skilled malignant narcissist. Top it gets top. worse, actually. It gets oh. worse. And do you want me to get into more detail? This is very, it gets very nuanced there. It gets very nuanced here. Do you want is me to tell you why this is... What happens when he's with the leather? No. no. It, it's not sexual anymore. Oh, what is it? This whole thing... This whole verse, this whole adoption stuff, oh, wait. it's about crushing rebellions and maintaining an empire. Oh. It, it, people don't know this. This verse about Zayn and Zainab and adopted children and Muhammad being horny for Zainab, people don't understand, but this is actually about maintaining an empire. Do you, do you know how? Do people want to know how? Is this getting too off topic? So that adoptive sons can't make claims. No, no, no. It's because Islam comes from Judaism. And prophethood is inherited from, in Judaism, is inherited from sons, from fathers to sons. So you have to understand, early Islamic history, Islam is not fully formed yet. Islam at that point is not as Muslims claim, very much similar to what we recognize as Islam is today. Okay? So, Islam is more of a Christian Jewish sect that later during that Abbasid period turns into what we recognize as Islam today. 
So, this Jewish sect has the tradition of prophethood being inherited. When eventually the Abbasids are building and canonizing Islam, what is the greatest threat to their empire? New prophets. Breaking the seal of the prophet. There was no seal of the prophet. They introduced the seal of the prophet. Oh my this God. is why this is why the very verse in the Quran that says that your adopted children are not actually your children, the next line is Muhammad is the seal of the prophets. So what does Zaid not being the son of Muhammad have anything to do with Muhammad being the final prophet? Because it wants to make clear that Muhammad has no sons. And it ends with Muhammad because the whole inheritance thing of going from one prophet to another ends with Muhammad because Muhammad has no sons. And they make sure in the stories of Zayd, they kill him in a battle before Muhammad dies. So the narrative goes. And Muhammad had no sons because he need to, because there had to be no competition with the now canonized religion. So there's no more prophets. Well, he did but have guess sons what? to adult. But guess what? There was a rebellion. There was a sect against the empire. How did they do this? How did they start a sect that branched out, out of the Sunni or back then canonized Orthodox Islam when they had no prophets? You ended the line of prophethood. So if you end the line of prophethood, if you want to create a rebellion with its own religious brand against the empire with its own Orthodox Islamic religion, and you have no more prophethood, you create something new, and you call it the Imamite. And if you cannot go through Muhammad's son, you go through Muhammad's daughter, which is Fatima, and married to Ali, and you create the Ahl Bayt concept, and now you have Shia Islam. And Shia Islam will become the brand of your rebellion. This is why Fatima becomes such a significant thing in the rebellion the against heaven. us. Yeah, and this is all comes from the story of Zayd and Zainab has a political purpose. Anyways, I love that deep dive. That was good. Yes, very good. Yes, yes. Do you guys appreciate what I just said in the lecture? This is like if your mind has not been blown by what I just said, you did not understand what I just said. That was profound. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't think I was gonna go through where's a lecture on Islamic history, but that's what happened. I don't know how to... <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, people are saying, well, that was <laughs> Well, that was a great story. <laughs> okay. Um, can we... Hold on, let me bring the next news. Can we clap for the next news? Uh, yeah, this is, this is just funny. This is lighthearted. Okay, okay. Uh, next news. Next news. Why a cube-shaped city in Saudi Arabia is upsetting Muslims. Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has unveiled new plans for a cube-shaped megastructure in Rijia called the Mukab, which has drawn criticism for its resemblance to Islam's most sacred site, the Kaaba. The project, which is part of the Vision 2030 blueprint to diversify the kingdoms of kingdom's economy is expected to be completed by the end of the decade and will feature residential units, hotel rooms, office spaces, and entertainment and culture venues. 
Inspired by the styles used in the Najid region of Saudi Arabia for the design and architecture, the building features overlapping triangular forms. However, some social media users have pointed out that the design is far too similar to the Kaaba. The Kaaba is a cube-shaped structure at the center of Islam's most important mosque, the Masjid al-Haram in Mecca. The Muslims consider it to be the house of God and the Qibla, the direction of prayer when performing namaz. One Twitter user said, This is a strange choice, or is it just me? The new macabre, like a Kaaba, but with shopping venues? Armin, I think, yeah, in the um, article, we have a, a video that kind of shows the look of the new macabre. Yeah, look, at, look at this. Wow. Okay, should we watch the video first? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Actually, I want to look at this full screen. So, let me... Introduce... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow, look at this, guys. You have audio when I play mm -hmm. it? Introducing the new horizon for Riyadh. A new icon, the Mukab. The world's first immersive, experiential destination. A gateway to another world. Step inside and it's unlike anything you've ever seen. At a scale that's unprecedented. Big enough to hold 20 Empire State Buildings. Where you and those around you enter a new reality. Transporting you to Mars one day and magical worlds the next. Where your retail experience is completely reimagined. And hospitality, leisure, and entertainment reach new levels, all in breathtaking, ever-changing environments. This is the new face of Riyadh. Experience a new horizon. Okay. Okay. Armin, okay. your reaction. Give it to us. This sounds insane. I mean... I don't know which one is going to be more amazing to see. Them being achieved to do all these amazing projects they're doing. there Because they're making a city that is a line. Now they're making one that is a cube. And are they going to be able to do it? I don't know which one I would entertain me more. Being able to see all these completed. Or them failing in every single one of them. Because I'm, I'm okay with either one of them. Because both of them is going to be amazing. But anyways, let's go look, look, look at why. People are angry. Muslims are angry. It, this looks like the Kaaba, but better. Much better. <laughs> I mean, look at it. It looks like a, it's like a much more impressive Kaaba. And here's the thing. This is be, this be shirky. Uh, this is like the ultimate sin in Islam. As soon because, as I saw it, I'm like, that be shirky. In the land of the prophet? Like, are you kidding me? You know what this is like? This is like the golden calf that uh, people were worshipping. Well, Moses is the story of Moses. By the way, the, the story of Moses, where he went to get the Ten Commandments and he showed up and people were worshipping a golden calf. That's also an Islamic story. It's not just in the It's not just a Christian and Jewish story. Muslims were even that. And what could be more like what could be more like that story than a, so people were worshipping a golden calf. And Muslims worship two words, a cube figure, and now this is a version of that, but golden. Golden. 
And guys, this is like, I think Muhammad bin Salman is like make, triggering them on purpose now. Because the concept of shirk is also like there's this, there's this major shirk and there's lighter, like people, other kinds of shirk that is not as explicit, as direct as the shirk. So if you have an idol and you worship towards that idol, that's like, okay, that is like absolute direct shirk. Okay. For, you know, but like Hindus, for example, or Christians worshiping the statue of Jesus Christ, right? But there's other kinds of shirk that is you valuing money so much more like shopping, capitalism, buying, you know, buying stuff like material stuff. So basically prioritizing things over Allah, worshiping Allah, prioritizing this world. So it's like you love this world so much that it's almost like worship. So some Muslims believe that's that's also shirk, right? But this is like combining those two things together. The lighter shirk and the direct shirk or the heavier shirk because it's a shopping center. I mean, look at the whole thing, right? The whole thing is a place where you go and you celebrate. It's not playing. Material stuff. Twitter always does that. Hold on. Continue watching it on Twitter. Maybe that will work better. Yeah, it does work better. Right? This is where you go. Wait, music. And you, and it's a shopping center. And you buy stuff. And it's like about enjoying this material world. So this whole narrative of the new shirk, the modern shirk, being celebrating the material world and like, and, and luxury is be- is being displayed because now you're turning shopping and material world into a a Kaaba, right? So like, look, uh, the manifestation of what is it? Yeah, dunya over the akhara. <laughs> yes, yeah, the manifestation of preferring this world over the other. Like all those conspiracies that you know the Illuminati. The because okay, this is a government that is now close to Israel, right? So think about what Muslims are feeling. The Muslims are like, okay, the, uh, the government that is getting close to Israel and the, Zi- the Zionists being the ones who are trying to, you know, make us do shirks and go away from Allah, this government is making a Kaaba, a golden Kaaba, like the golden calf, in the city, in the, in the land of the Prophet, to compete with the building that we're supposed to be worshiping God, celebrating material worlds. Like, all the narrative is now being combined into one building, and it's all coming true. Like, if I was a Muslim, I would be like, okay, yeah, your guys were right. I was like, yeah, everything, it, it just writes itself. It's like Muhammad bin Salman just woke up one day, and I'm like, let me just, all these, all this stuff that been saying about me, let me just make it, make them all get, like, make their minds melt. What could I do? They're like, what could I do to make all these Muslims who've been triggered by everything I do to be like, okay, okay, this is too much on the nose now. How about a gold, a giant golden Kaaba that celebrates materialism? Would that be too obvious? Yeah, it would be. Let's do it. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, so as you can imagine, a lot of Muslims, a lot of Muslims are triggered. Like there's YouTube, Muslim YouTube channels. You could go watch them. They're like, they're calling us out. 
they'd be like, okay, this is like, this is too much. They're like, do we even need to say anything? Just look at this thing. I know, just look, just look at, at, at it. Oh my God, yes. that's what's so funny to me. Like, Armin, tell me if I'm, if I'm out of pocket for saying this, but like, is it out of pocket to be like, I would not be shocked if we get another Bin Laden over this kind of thing? Oh, oh my, I, I wasn't thinking about that, but now I am, and I'm scared, you're right. Because, I mean, because given what yeah, inspired right. Bin Laden, I'm like, come this on. This is a lot worse. Yeah. This is worse. <laughs> you're right. But how are they going to afford this thing? Guys, like, they're already building that line city. And I was like, we were looking at those numbers, and I'm like, if that doesn't work, the country's going to go bankrupt. Because they're doing these things because they're running out of oil money. And now they're building this? I mean, look at this. What is this? How expensive is this? And then there's under... And then look, there's fine machines all over around it, and you have in mountains that are inside the cube, and you have I floating. Think, I think this is all LED. No, you have that central building. The building you can't is have central, LED. but I think the rest of it is projected onto the surfaces of the dome How? that surrounds everything. See, because let's see, it says incredible okay. holographics. Okay, okay, but how are you gonna do that? That's good. They have giants walking around in holographics? <laughs> and what is this? Is this also... Okay, this is not holographic because there's people on it. They would be falling if this part was holographic. Okay? So you have floating... What is this? And then what are these? Are these float... Okay, these are not holographic. These are people riding. These are floating. And then you have underwater buildings. And apparently, like, this is a restaurant or something. This is going to cost, like, 10 Saudi Arabia worth of money. Not like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you're going to, if this, okay, if these fail, it's going to take down the country with it. Like, this one and the whole line thing that they're building, the line city, like, this better work out. Or else, I don't know. Oh, we got a super chat, by the way. Maybe we should, you know, we should send our super chats to Saudi Arabia. We, they're going to need this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna yeah, read wait, we'll save that yeah. one for DJ for a second I want to say Apologia was in the live chat saying cheers oh, hey. friends. Apologia if you guys are interested in Christian or yeah counter apologetics make sure to go check out his channel um, the yes. music guy is saying can we circle around it and worship capitalism <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not this crony capital. This is don't, don't, don't talk. This is not capitalism, okay? I don't want capitalism to get a bad rep here, okay? This is crony capitalism. This is not real capitalism. And then D is saying, can they possibly trigger the anti-modernity folks more? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a horror speaking. Anyways. Oh, oh, damn. Uh -huh. That's quite yeah. the accusation. Yes. Um, we don't throw that word around lightly, sir. Um, <laughs> um let's uh read the super chat. Wait, oh wait, wait, quickly, oh. and then move to the next wait. news. Before oh, we do ahead. that, before we do that, I want to see like this is uh, people what what people are tweeting about it. Okay, so this one, a gateway to another world. Okay, that's just the public investment fund. This is a strange choice, or is it just me? The new mocap, like it, like the Kava. But with shopping menus, <laughs> it's like the cat but with shopping menus. Okay, 
Oh, wait, where did Susanna go? I was... All right, she's going to come back. All right, let's do the super chat. Yeah, we just got a super chat from GJ's 11 euros. Thank you very much. Saying, side note, does anyone here know that the Dutch Annual Movie Awards are literally statues of golden caps? Well, if you didn't know, now you know. Now we do know. Thank you so much for that. This just shows how much the modern world and its uh, culture is all about worshipping false idols. And yeah. All right. Okay, so let's move on. Can we... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This next okay, story, the next... we can clap because no one died. Okay, good. Nobody died. I like it. I like it when nobody dies. I like it so much. All right. And that's our standard uh, here. That's what we're used yeah. to. Yeah. Next news. <laughs> next news. Indian woman escapes human sacrifice plot. A 23-year-old woman recently filed a writ petition in the Madras High Court alleging that her stepmother was planning to kill her as part of a human sacrifice ritual. The petitioner allegedly accused, she didn't allegedly, she did accuse, she accused her stepmother and other relatives of being followers of black magic after coincidentally learning about their intention to kill her to perform a human sacrifice ritual. She also learned that her younger of her younger brother's demise, who allegedly underwent the same ritual when he was only 10. Knowing that her family had strong political question, connections in her state of Madhya Pradesh, the petitioner lamented that the authorities there would probably fail to grant her legal protection. Fortunately, with the assistance of a fellow student, she boarded a train at 3 a.m. on February 16th and reached Chennai the following day. So she went from North India to South India. Quote, I state that my life is not safe. I cannot return to my native place or anywhere in North India where there is no security for my life, her affidavit read. After learning about her circumstances, the sitting judge condemned the fact that even in the 21st century, heinous acts such as human sacrifice are still prevalent in India. Uh, the state public prosecutor assured the woman that the police would provide the necessary legal protection to the petitioner. Okay, why are they? Why, why were they trying to? I, maybe I missed that part. Why are they trying to sacrifice her? So she alleges in the documents that she submitted before the court that her family practices black magic and wanted to kill her as part of a human sacrifice ritual. And that apparently her 10-year-old brother was killed many years ago for the sake of the same kind of ritual. Yeah, why did nobody, like Diaz asking, why did nobody look into the brother? Did you like to they just sacrifice the brother and they're like free and running around and nothing happens to them? I don't know. I don't know how they covered this up. There, there wasn't a lot of details into the, the backstory. Uh, why, are they, why are they why does why does India have so many cases of sacrifice? I like it's like it seems like um, the we the honor we have honor killing with a lot of Muslim societies, and we have human sacrifice with a lot of in India. It's kind of it, sacri human sacrifices are Indians honor killing. Well, no, they also have regular honor killing. Oh, okay, they have both. Um, so. Um, we should be clear that 
doesn't happen nearly as much as your standard quote-unquote, that's a bad word to use for this, but your typical honor killing. This happens much more rarely. But because of the population of the country is so massive, it does happen yeah. more frequently here than anywhere else. That's for sure. But then we I also mean, does have... Does it happen anywhere else? Oh, yeah. You can hear about some crazy cases of this happening freaking even in America, except that's very, very rare, you know. Yeah. Um, but even but, adjusted by population, India has more humans. Even adjusted by population, India has more human sacrifices than other places, simply because other religions... Go ahead. What? No, because, like, we don't have human sacrifices in Abrahamic religions. That's the whole point of the story of Abraham, right? Like, it's yeah. like, oh, the whole, the whole point, like, not the whole point, the whole point is, like, to to sell us divine command divine command theory, but part of the idea was like, oh, you said go sacrifice your son for Allah for God. I have my Islamic mindset on, um, and and it was like, okay, maybe not, maybe like this is an human sacrifice. Actually, Christianity has that as well, right? So you know, when human sacrifice to end all sacrifices, so they don't even have animal sacrifices in Christianity anymore. Right, mm -hmm. and in Islam and Judaism, you had Abraham wanting to do a human sacrifice, and also Christianity. And they're like, okay, no, we do the lamb instead. So Abrahamic Abrahamic religions don't have human sacrifice, but Hinduism and Hindu adjacent um, ideologies had human sacrifice. So that's so why. So my understanding is that a lot of this particular manifestation of the practice comes from tantric practices, tantra. Yeah. So that's why Hindu adjacent. That's why I said Hindu adjacent. Yeah, because people think that Tantra is just like having very steamy, like mystical sex. It's actually It is also that. It it can be that, but it is also a lot of this. It is steamy amazing sex and human sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Freudian in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The also, Kelly is involved a lot with tantric human sacrifice. Was this for Kelly? I don't know, but we did cover. There was a human sacrifice thing that almost happened, but multiple. Happened. Yeah, we like when it comes to God, Hindu gods that are involved in human sacrifice. A lot of them are Kali related. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me this is not Hinduism related because we're talking about the Hindu goddess, which is Kali. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's very interesting. I know that black magic, there's a stereotype that Bengalis are associated with black magic in particular. Like, to the point that, like, it, it can be used to be racist against Bengalis because they think that you're going to do black magic on them. Which is interesting because Kali is actually originally a Bengali goddess. Yeah, but it, then it was, it was merged into Hinduism. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Just like... Just like Greek gods were like merged from different religions, local religions into one, and then Egyptians as well. So Kali was a Bengali god goddess, and then it got merged to the other, with the other, you know, Indian uh, gods as well. Mm -hmm. um, somebody saying, wasn't Jesus a human sacrifice? Yeah, it was a, it was a human sacrifice. Yeah, it was a human sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Yeah. So Christianity not only it doesn't have human sacrifice. Christianity doesn't even have animal sacrifice. It's like well, Judaism has. Okay, sure. 
Okay, but but we don't, like, in Christianity, don't kill animals. Judaism and Islam have animal sacrifice. Christianity has no sacrifice, no sacrifice, um, because Jesus did it all. I I, I covered it. I covered it, guys. I covered it all. So, no no more. Which doesn't even count, because he came back. Usually when I kill a lamb, it doesn't come back. Um, Secular Sakai is saying, can theistic Satanism be considered Abrahamic? It was as anti-Abrahamic. So I think like you, because Satanism has human sacrifice, right? But I don't think you could put that under Abrahamic because it's the opposite of Abrahamic. I don't know. Maybe it is. It's no, but it's still within the Abrahamic yeah. like okay. metaverse, so to speak. Metaverse. Yes, <laughs> metaverse. Or yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, I guess, I guess Abrahamic religions do have human sacrifice because Satanism is one of them. You're right. That's a good point. And to be fair, Dia is also pointing out that Catholics do technically eat Jesus every Sunday. This is true. Yeah, but they don't like, they don't take, okay, so part of the ritual is that you eat his body, you eat his blood, but they don't bring like a Jesus figure and like act like there's like cutting his head and then eating it. So the sacrifice part is already over. Imagine if they did that. Imagine if like, no, like you had to crucify an actual Jesus and actually had to drain its blood and eat. They have to make Jesus is out of bread, soaked in blood, soaked in wine. That would be amazing. Imagine if you had yeah, a Jesus, but it was made out of bread on a cross. And you would it was bleeding and, and wine was coming from his hand and his feet. So you would just, yeah, you had a bread and wine Jesus. like Somebody has to do that. I think that would, that would be amazing. Yes. Oh my god! Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here thinking about like if that actually was Catholic practice. I'm thinking about like <laughs> the industries that would spring up around crafting bread Jesus's efforts. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this would be a little economy. Like, Aristotle's is that Aristotle's? Aristotle. Well, no, that's not how you write Aristotle's. There's too many. I know, but I'm dyslexic, so that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm just going to say Aristotle as well. Aristotle is saying, Armin, you're being disturbing. I'm not being disturbing. It's Christianity that is disturbing. Okay? That's not my fault. It's the religion. They drink blood and eat their God's body. Okay? It's disturbing. It comes disturbing. I'm just describing how it is. Sorry, you don't like it. Okay. Oh, wait. We have another news coming. I didn't pull this up yet. Oh, this okay, is so funny. We, Guys, get ready. It's been a while. Should we show the email as well? Should we show the email as well or no? Um, I don't know if it'd be interesting to show it. I can read it. Okay, guys, we got an email from Pakistan. I mean, the Pakistani from... government sent us an email. Yes. Well, they were not very email. happy with us. They were not happy with us. All right, so. You would like to know why. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, can we clap? Yes, we can. Alright, next news. Next news. The Pakistani government is mad at us again. Yay! <laughs> this is so funny. So, dear friends, our brothers and sisters, last Friday, we received an email from Twitter Legal. And when I receive an email from Twitter Legal, it can either be nothing or it can be a big problem for us because we're about to get all our accounts banned like has happened to us many times before and then it becomes a 
fire that I need to go put out. But this time, it was not such an occasion. We received a email that reads as follows. Hello at Atheist Republic. In the interest of transparency, we are writing to inform you that Twitter has received a request from PTA, that is the Pakistani Telecommunications Authority, regarding your account at Atheist Republic, which claims that the following content violates the laws of Pakistan. We have not taken any action on the reported content at the time of this request. And then it just goes on with the standard, standard, we respect your freedom of expression, that, 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 which is not true. But they listed the content that our content that violates the laws of Pakistan. So we would like to go with you together to, dis to reveal, you know, what, what is so blasphemous. And it actually is very blasphemous this time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes what it's not this actually is. What has Pakistani's government and lawyers been up to? Like, we know Pakistan is going through a lot of problems these days, okay? We, they have had floods, uh, political instability, their previous prime minister was, like, uh, shot at, um, there's a lot of debts, the interest, there's inflation, there's, it's insane. An insane amount of inflation. Oh, and to make things even better, the Pakistani Taliban is coming back. Yes, yes, okay. And we have terrorist attacks and everything. And the government of Pakistan is using the precious money that it has, okay, to hire lawyers to contact Twitter to get Twitter to take what I'm about to show you down because that is that is what Pakistan needs right now, okay? I designed this myself, by the way. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? I am so proud of it. Oh, so for people that might not be seeing this, because we we do have audio version as well, this is our very famous Allah is Gay shirt, which actually I should post a link to it uh, in our live chat as well. Mm -hmm. Why don't we tell tell our editor to post a link to the to the shirt at the top of the yeah? So let me actually show. Oh, the description, the yeah, definitely. The description. I have, I, damn. Yeah, I so have guys, this. if you're watching, if you're watching this later. The link to this shirt is under the video as well. So, so if you're watching the cut version of this video, so it should be on the very top line. Yeah. So yeah, this is our. This is a, so the three tweets that they are legally challenging us for is this one, Allah is gay, mm -hmm. uh, with the rainbow kaaba. So this is the mm -hmm. rainbow kaaba with the Allah is gay, and this one. I like this one because of the salute and also the saudi flag behind it i don't know it just makes a it shahada. special yeah the shahada right, look at that it's beautiful and then we have this one. Oh, this one just goes to a youtube video talking about yeah because this is we got a lot of pushback even from atheists about this and you did a whole show oh yeah digging into the controversy i i, I remember that that was very good but what's so funny is that all of these tweets are from 2020 like almost three years ago Almost three years ago. Yes, you're right. Some authority this. in Pakistan is going through these, and this is their priority. Three years ago. What's up with that? Like, they're finding this now? And also, our Twitter was down for three years. And we got our Twitter no, back, not, and they just went... Our main account was down for almost a year. Oh, wait. So, if you click on the link... 
No, it was at least two years. Like, I, like, I can't come back. And like, as soon as it comes back, they go looking for, like, oh, my God. Like, let's go take it on the streets. But look at this. This is the, when you click on this link, it takes you here. So you can select the color. You can select the shirt. Uh, you can select the size. But you could also, like, I don't want it on a shirt. You could come and you could click on the design. I don't know how to, to do it, actually. Oh, yeah, customize. Anyways, no, oh no, yeah, these are our other that. designs. Okay, hold on. There's a way to get the this design on like months. Go up, Armin, go up where it says home. Mm -hmm. Allah is gay. Nope, down. Oh yeah, okay. So if you go home and then you go here, Allah is gay, and then you should be able to get this on other things. I think if it ever loads, well, it's not loading for me. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, just get the shirt then. I'm so mad because I just, I had this in storage and I just got it out of storage. I wish I had known I would have brought it out for the occasion. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, so Pakistan is not happy. And mm -hmm. go, in case they manage to take this down, you should get the shirts while it lasts. Yeah. Definitely. But, no, wait a minute. I have to give a warning. Do not get this shirt and do not wear this shirt if you are in any place that this could be a risk to you. Please do not wear the shirt. Do not even think of buying a shirt if this could put, put you in danger, okay? Only do it if you are absolutely sure that this is not going to threaten your life, okay? Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. I would walk around San Francisco wearing that shirt in the open and no one, I, no one ever said anything to me. <laughs> not even once. <laughs> Um, so, but that's, it's so funny to me, one, that this happened three years ago, and then they found this, and now that they're mad, okay, it's just, like, the priorities, it really gets to me, it really gets to me. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? I'm so proud of this. Look at that. Yes. It's more beautiful when you know it pissed off people. It oh, I remember what special. I was going to say. It always feels like a badge of honor when you get these emails from Twitter about the Pakistani telecommunications agency or authority, whatever. Like, because all of the like ex-Muslim activists that I follow, they'd always post when their tweets became illegal in Pakistan. <laughs> and I got banned from Twitter before I ever got one of those. And I'm like, damn, I'm not in the club. Like, I didn't, like, these are how, how I earned my stripes, you know? If I haven't gotten one of these emails, I need to step my game up. So I feel, in a way, like I've finally started to earn my stripes. Yeah. I mean, I have the way, FIR against me in India, so... I think that's, that's better. That's cool. That's, that's cool. I think you're, you're, you're covered. You're already in the better club. You're in a higher club. Rex21 says, We love Cali Art. Make more artwork. We support you. We make artwork every week, guys. We have Blasphemous Art every week. Just look in the description. We have some very... It's so sexy that I can't show you. We make... Um, art, blasphemous art of gods and goddesses and Muhammad and Fatima and Aisha and gods that you haven't even heard of from Greek mythology, um, from you know Roman mythology, from Viking, from you know North mythology, from even Filipino and African mythology, from Egyptian mythology, 
uh, from Christianity, there's a lot of Jesus and Mary, our sexy art from a lot of sexy hijabi art. We make blasphemous art every week and it's so sexy that I can show you and you can get it for free if you just subscribe to our newsletter. We make them and we send them to you. So in the description where it says get our blasphemous art for free, just go there and you can get them all for free and it will just be sent to you every week. By the way, Secular Sakai is just constantly buying membership for people. Like, yeah, it's gone away about that 20 that we originally said. Like, so thank you, Secular Sakai. It's just like, it's just happening. Um, wow. Thank you for that. Thank you. But yeah, so guys, uh, get on that. Get on that. Get get the get our blessings. And also, guys, like the video right now. Subscribe to our channel. Hit the bell notification. And only if you are feeling so financially secure, um, only then, then support us financially as well. Okay, only for people who are completely secure. There's ways you can support us. Uh, our PayPal link is in the description. Our Patreon link is in the description. Um, you get, we have YouTube membership, um, and there's a donation button now, also right next to our videos as well. And if you become a patron, you get our not safe for work version of our art as well. Oh, also, by, by the way, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you get my book, Why There's No God, for free, which was a bestseller on Amazon, and you get it for free if you subscribe to our newsletter. Beautiful. Nailed it. Great show. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, we're about to head out. Make sure, again, make sure you like the video, and me and Susanna will be back right here covering 10 more news items with you next week. Thank you, guys. Mwah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.